0: Hi, welcome to the 1211 podcast where we discuss cash flow investing, real estate, entrepreneurship, personal discipline, and we get to interview people that I look up to, learn something from them to help us get 1% better every day. So I'm your host for the day, uh, JC, and today we have Jeremy Utash, who is the owner of J3 Systems and president of J3 Systems, which is a general contracting company focusing on roofing in the residential and commercial space, do lots of schools and different things like that. He is also a real estate investor and he is my dad so he's our my first guest and I'm really excited to get this started with him because he's helped me a lot throughout my life obviously um but before we get into that I just wanted to let you guys know what we're drinking today so this is actually from Penda Coffee Co which is a company that I just started um where we roast high quality specialty coffee and we actually get to donate 50% of our profits to give scholarships to kids in Kibera Africa that uh They don't make money, and it's actually the second biggest slum in the world, and we get to give them the opportunity to further their education in the secondary level. Uh, So if you want any information about that, please visit pendacoffeeco.com, and you can learn a little about that. And we're actually launching the the website and the company on September 6th, which is for us about a week from now. So, you can use code LAUNCH10, which is on the screen, LAUNCH10, and you get 10% additionally off of your uh, first order. And, yeah, today we're drinking the Festus, which is a single origin from Costa Rica. Delicious. So, it's good. And I actually wanted to talk a little bit about our trip to Africa, because we just went this last, uh, this last summer, and we got to spend about 10 days with the kids. So, I kind of want to know your thoughts and what you, uh, you, you experienced with that. Well, I... One,
1: thank you for having me here. Appreciate it. Um, Africa, it was quite a trip. We, we took the
0: whole family, which was obviously you included, but it was awesome. Um, for, went, for reference on how big the family was, it was like 24 people. That was a group, just our family. Big so. group.
1: But it was a, it was really a good experience. My wife and I had thought this would be good for our kids to just experience something outside of what's normal for them. Uh, we get a little bit spoiled here in America and having the chance to travel and see other cultures and just the beauty of a lot of different things like that. Um, it just goes to developing better character in the kids and the adults for that matter um, But we really, we we enjoyed the trip. We, like JC was saying, we went to Kibera, which is in Nairobi, Kenya. It's the second largest slum in the world. Uh, To give you a little bit of perspective, approximately a one square mile area with about a million and a half people crammed into that. So, uh, you know, tough living conditions, but the... I don't know the the dichotomy of that was it was it's super tough to be there and it, you know the conditions were rough but the people were beautiful, uh, the attitudes, the joy. Uh, you know, we went there to help and we were going to put on vacation Bible schools, um, with the uh, with with this school, and uh, thinking you know okay we're, we we spent a lot of time preparing to make sure we were ready to be able to give and put on these these things and just give a lot what we came away with is we actually received way more than what we ever gave and it was just a beautiful experience the, the kids the teachers the leadership that was over there the hearts that are uh, trying to make a difference in what amounts to a people that has just been ridden off like they were not worth anything and we believe all life has value. And those lives, I mean, we met some of the most incredible people and, uh, really touched our lives, our hearts forever. So it, it was a great experience and JC really was the one who kind of spearheaded that effort along with his father-in-law to put it together and ended up being just a, a life changer for us, for the kids. Um, along with working at the school and meeting the people and being there in Nairobi, uh, the Nairobi area, we got to go down into the Maasai Mara refuge and do a safari, a dream of mine to get to go and just on safari and, you know, more of a photo safari, which was, it was unbelievable just to be out on the Savannah and, you know, lions and elephants, giraffe leopard, uh, I mean, anything you could imagine just walking right up to us uh of in the course yeah. in the wild but we were in uh safari vehicles but yeah. it, it was a, it was just amazing um so great trip all the way around
0: yeah it, it was amazing and i think at some point in everybody's life i think they should spend a trip and spend spend time if they have the the ability to go serve a group that wants to be served. And I, as, as Christians, we I think we're called to do so and spread the gospel ultimately. And I think you'll get a lot more out of it than you think you're going to be able to give them. So uh, if you want to do something similar like that, you can uh, visit newhoopinitiative.org, which is the organization that we went through. Uh, and my father-in-law uh, works for and works with. And it's, a, it's just a great organization. They, they do a lot to just help these kids. They have... Schools and orphanages, not just in Kibera, also in India, and they have some uh, clinic in Tanzania. They have just, I think they have about 11 different locations of different things they do, uh, and they're really just there there to serve and help people. Uh, so, yeah, it, you, newhopeinitiative.org, uh, that's on the screen if you want to visit that. Uh, and I think it's important to talk about that before we talk about making money and investing in stuff, because really that's the, the most important thing that we want to do with all these uh, opportunities and stuff that we have here in America is to utilize that to serve and help other people. So now I want to talk to uh, my dad a little bit about uh, kind of who he is and let you guys know to get a little background on kind of what what made you who you were who you are and kind of different trials you may have gone through and just kind of what what your life was yeah a little snapshot. I mean it,
1: it started very simple I was fortunate to have a mom and dad that loved us, raised me in a Christian home. Um, but we were very simple, didn't have a lot of resources. We were, I mean, we were definitely not wealthy, um, but had a great upbringing, learned a lot of the value of hard work, discipline, um, just appreciating things, uh, that, you know, even the, the small things. I mean, when you go to school and you get, uh, reduced meals because your income is to where you don't, uh, you know, they say you, don't, you can't afford a regular meal, you start to appreciate the little things. And uh, we were never unhappy, we were ne- never went without, um, but it, it taught us, me and my brothers, my sister, we learned a lot from really just a, a wholesome, simple upbringing, but it also uh, it gave me a desire to see, you know, I, I wanted to do or have more. Not necessarily just to have things, but just to see what was out there, Uh, just to explore the benefits of being an American, really, and having that freedom to really, you can try and, you know, without worry of failure, because failure is just learning. Um, That kind of just shaped who I was. I was naturally a competitive person, got to play a lot of sports, had some success there. Um, But really it was more of an issue. I I wanted to, I wanted to see how good I could, you know, what I could do. I had friends that had parents that had done very well financially. And I thought, man, if they could do it, I could do it. So that kind of started my desire of like, I want to do a little bit more than just average. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, for me, I'm honestly have a very different upbringing. I'm very fortunate to be be in a wealthy family that gives me opportunities that I, I'm sure I don't I don't take advantage of fully, but I I, I try to. Uh, but it, it is always inspiring, and it's kind of a, a consistent theme throughout a lot of people that they're. I, I heard this quote once, and it was that they're going to be the the guy the the changer in the family. They're going to be the guy that that changes the trajectory of the family, and I I, I definitely think you are that person for our family and. And you can see it in, in a lot of places, but it 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 's very clear that my dad made a decision to to be the changer and
1: It, it definitely was a decision, but I also have to say I had so many uh, advantages of just really good people in my life, and ultimately, your life comes down to not the things that you you get and you know you earn, but it 's more the the relationships you make and having the family that I've had has been, you know, supported me all along the way. I've had I have brothers that have been along with me on this journey, building these businesses. Um, we have kids that are uh, equally as impressive and probably more motivated than we've been. And that, that's been a joy for us. But either way, we, we've had some success and we've we appreciated and the travel and the uh, Getting to go and give back a little bit just reinforces the fact that being in America is just a true blessing that we didn't deserve. We didn't do anything to make happen, but we're taking advantage of it. And uh, rather than complaining about everything, enjoying the, the blessing of the people before us to give us the opportunities that we have mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and yes, yeah, so something I wanted to or that I know about, and I've really enjoyed the stories of. But my dad, I don't know if you guys have read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's a great book. But from the stories I've heard, I've it seems like you had a somewhat of a similar situation uh, growing up uh, with your your best friend's dad. Yeah. And I, I'd like to you could just share something that you've learned or kind of that, that kind of dichotomy of what happened there. Yeah, it was interesting. Cause my dad was one of the hardest people, hardest working people. I know,
1: uh, he, he worked hard to provide. There was never any complaining. It was go to work, do your job. He got, uh, you know, he made a, made a living and made sure that we had food on the table, but it was a, a, you know, pretty average existence. And, um,
0: I had a best okay. friend. I think that shut down. Let me go. it. Should I be looking at that thing? No. Like it's a... Weird. weird. I mean, you can look at it. No, I don't. I will. Sorry. No, it's so, not. It'll just shut down every, like, five minutes. Are you going to clap again?
1: Or? Yeah. Okay. So, I... We're, best friend. Best friend. So, I had a best friend who... Uh, his father, on the other hand, uh, he, he went to Harvard. You know, a super. It was just an incredible man, similar to my dad. Hardworking, just had a different perspective on how things uh, worked economically, and just taking advantage of this American system. Uh, he was an entrepreneur, and he did things. You know, di- I would be at their house, and I would just thought, man, it's just different around here. And he would he would say things like. Why would you ever get a job when you can create jobs? And I thought I just didn't understand it. But the more time I spent around him, I started to understand that you know, there's you have an option here in America to do what you want, you know. And if you want to be the guy who's the the one, you know, in the Cadillac, you can be that guy, or you could be. There's different levels of success, and it's all how you're defined, um, how you define it. We. <laughs> We we were fortunate because he he would spend a lot of time with us. My dad would spend a lot of time with us. Equally honorable men. But I just knew at a very early age, I want to be, uh, I want to have the choices that he had. You know, they, we we scrounged for pennies at times and they'd have dollar bills lying around their house. Um, And money was just not the most important thing to them. Because they had it, and so it just it just left an impression with me and from that, I was able to, you know I just thought, okay, this is the direction I want to go um, and you know just in a more entrepreneurial way, you know, using real estate, using business, um, you spoke of rich dad, poor dad, I've told you it that book influenced me and the way I've set up a lot of my um, my wealth building strategies were. You know, really uh, <laughs> come right out of that book. It, I didn't, mm-hmm. I'm not an innovator. I was not, you know, I'm not brilliant in that way, mm-hmm. but I can follow instructions very well. I'm very disciplined um, and I can, you know, if there's an instruction on how to do it, I'll take it. And I did. So, you know, over the years, it's worked out well.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that's a, that's a cool, cool thing and a, a book that a lot of people can relate to, but also just it's for me, I, I, I've been able to, I guess, visualize it in a different way. And I'm sure that's why it just had a big impact on you because there's, they they grew up right next to each other, but it was uh, just two different mindsets. And I, I think that's kind of the key when it comes to investing or what I've learned is it's, it's different mindsets on how you use your money. And something that I I've learned from you and you've said is there's things that I want that, I need to have patience in getting instead of getting the instant gratification of getting something. Maybe invest in invest in something, then let that cash flow buy that thing for you, and then it keeps making you money. It's just having that delayed gratification in that, and I I think that's that's something that you've taught me. Yeah, and our you hear that beeping?
1: Yeah, it's good. my thought process and just through the reading and I'll tell you, I read a lot of books and I listened to a lot of motivational tapes and just success. You know, my, my reading was less fiction, more nonfiction and just trying to learn as much as I could. Um, I, you know, I, I, it kind of boiled down to this for me. Work was always the blessing and most people seem in, what I could figure most people were trying to get away from work. Well, the people that I found that were successful, they found, they, they love to do work because that's what all blessings flowed from it. was like, I heard one time, you know, God's blessing to you is you having work now take advantage of that work to make that work pay long-term. So ultimately using investments to buy the, the, the fun stuff, um, you know, you get $100, don't go spend $100, invest the $100, and what the investment brings, use that to go buy your, you know, things you want that are luxury items. The things yeah. come and go. You know, they, I've found it's fun to buy cars, it's fun to buy houses, it's fun to go on trips. Um, they come and go pretty easy. Um, it's more building something that will continue to produce over time, and that that's what we've you know, we've been successful at doing is cash flow investments that that again generational generationally can affect a family because they continue to bring wealth long after somebody's gone.
0: Yeah. So I kinda wanna get into one of those investments for you. So I have always heard this story and I've always wanted to get more into it of the apartment complex that you invested in and just kinda talk, talk us through the beginning of that. Why did, why did you want to get it? What was your, what was your goal? What was your thought on that? I'll give you the truth on all that. Cause it's kind of funny. I started, I
1: always wanted my own business. I started a business. I'm working very hard to make this business go. I mean, it, it was not an easy thing. We, I mean, the hours, long hours, you know, but to get something going, that always takes a pretty strong effort going hard there, but I had the fortune of a father-in-law, JC's grandpa, who really was into real estate investing and he would do everything and he was like, just kind of genius in a very simple way with real estate. And he would buy houses and you know, before it was big on TV and things like that, he was buying and flipping houses. And he would go in and he just really enjoyed like he was very handy, could do anything. He would remodel houses, sell them. Buy them for pretty inexpensive, remodel, sell them. Keep some of them and rent them out. And he, he, would, you know, he would share all this information with me, and at one point I'm like, shoot, if one house is good to rent, and he, he says it's a good deal, maybe I'll buy an apartment complex. So I found a 12-unit apartment complex, uh, not realizing that there's a little bit more to it than just buying the thing and, oh, you got cash flow. Well, I, of course, didn't buy one in the greatest area. It was was the only thing I could afford at the time. And it was two years of pretty hard education as to what I really probably would never do again. And that was buying uh, in an area that took a lot of uh, hands-on approach to collecting rents and working with organizations that were paying for people's, I just, I learned a lot. Uh, it, it's so, it cash flowed, but I realized it wasn't just a, like, oh, you just make money on everything.
0: Passive income.
1: <laughs> passive, it was not passive by any means. All of a sudden it was like very active. Uh, it took a lot of work. So one of the happiest days of my life was when I actually sold that property. Mm -hmm. And it still does well to this day for the people that were prepared and knew what they were doing with that kind of property. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't something I was prepared for. But it taught me a good lesson. You need to know what you're getting into. And like any business, it's gonna take some work to make sure it's done right. Mm -hmm. Um, Learned a lot from that actually, you know, I, I would, I didn't want to do it again, but I learned what I didn't like and what I needed to do. And it kind of set me up for my future real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been a lot smoother sailing since then because it was like, okay, I jumped in and I, I'm i still the type that I'll jump into something. You know, If I get a feeling that I feel like God puts it in on my heart, I'm gonna jump in. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't,
0: but you know, overall, I'm not afraid to fail. Mm-hmm how getting into a little bit more of the kind of nitty gritty on it, how, how did you, uh, get, get the money for it? Did you buy it cash or did you get a loan or what was, what was that process? Like, like most things I did get a loan on it. Uh, you know, I had approximately
1: 20% to put down on the property and I, from a very early age, I knew the value of saving some money and having something to leverage against, you know, for borrowing. I've come since to, I'm not big on borrowing. I, you know, I've tried very hard to actually create my own bank in essence, but I saved some money, knew I wanted to invest in something and I was trying to leverage that money. And so I was able to get a loan because it was real estate. And that's one thing I've learned over time is real estate is one of the best investments because it has, there's something real that you can, uh, you can hold the bank can hold against property. It's an easy way for a, a normal person to get into investing. Mm-hmm.
0: How there's a real asset there. Yeah. Are there any, any, any stories or anything that any, any specific thing you, you remember happening about that property since it was in, uh
1: not in the best area of town. I found out pretty quickly. I couldn't be there after dark or my life was in danger. <laughs>
0: uh, I, we live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which if you've seen Breaking Bad, that was kind of the area of this apartment complex. Uh, so not, not great, but yeah.
1: And you know, like I say, I, sometimes I jump in without thinking and I I did at that point, but yeah, I still, I I really felt like, okay, I'm going to be helping these people. And a lot of the people there were getting, they were, you know, they needed help to get by. So they would have different organizations that would help make their rent and they would have to make, it just, it was a different experience, you know, as opposed to just somebody that goes to work, pays their bills. These people were usually in a program and uh, they weren't always in the right mind when dealing with me. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of, unfortunately, drugs, alcohol, um, it it can pay, Takes a toll on a lot of people, and it it, mm-hmm. it was tough just emotionally to be around it, seeing kids in those situations. So, uh, yeah, like I say, I, I learned what I'm not great at, and it, everything's a learning experience.
0: Yeah. And what was the what was your kind of exit strategy on that? You said it was one of the happiest days to get out of that. What what was your exit strategy? How did you?
1: I had again? to do a lot of uh, upgrades to the property to get it to where it could be sold. So I you know first put a plan together to get the get everything up to code at you know the units um, to make it where it was actually sellable because ultimately if somebody was going to get a loan on the place they would have inspections and appraisals and that type of thing so i got it to where it was uh basically sellable and that took a you know there was a, about a 6 to 8 month effort getting heating up to code water all, all that kind of thing so where it was Something that somebody could come in and then getting the books updated to where they were showing how this place actually was cash flowing money, mm-hmm. and that takes a little time because you need to have you know when you 're selling things there 's you know something called seasoning it they want to see that it's been uh, they want to see a record or a little bit of time gone by that it's actually making money before somebody 's going to throw their money into it mm-hmm. and so it, it ended up taking almost three years, um, but was able to sell it, made a profit, and it, it turned into a very good experience, actually. I mean, some people go to college to get educated. I usually spend money and learn real quick so I don't
0: lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Buying a property like that, how how do you kind of do the numbers into understanding, because it's in a bad area, how, how do you uh, plug in numbers to figure out what needs to be fixed. Cause I'm sure a wall may get a hole through it or the AC may stop working or different things like that. What's your, uh, I don't know, formula for figuring out how much money you need to save each time you get money every month? How do you, how do you save that accordingly to? Each property is going to be a little bit different, but you know, basically you
1: have a you know, 100% of what you take in. I just have percentages. And I get, you know, I just have like an emergency fund for each prop- property that says, okay, if something were to go wrong, I've been putting away this much each month, so I do not spend the profit. I, I generally will go for a year without spend, make. I'll act like I'm not making any money because I want to have a, I want it to be working a year in advance always. Now that's that's a luxury I have, I guess, because I don't need the money, but it seems to me if I have a year in advance, always, then it kind of you know, recession proofs me. Yeah. Um, so we basically just create a savings account on each one, just a rainy day fund if something yeah. were to happen, but each, you know, every dollar that comes in is allocated to something And after that first year, then there's profit to be made.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that, uh, mentality, I know I, I struggle with that a lot is, just the discipline, but the financial discipline and things. I think nowadays, especially in hustle culture and all all the Instagram millionaires and things, it's pretty easy to make a million dollars and spend nine hundred ninety five thousand dollars, and then you're saving. But the I think it's kind of like a what I would envision as like kind of the classical millionaire or the everyday millionaire is really just financially disciplining yourself to. Do, do things like waiting a full year to spend profit on a apartment. I know I would get super excited if I, like anything, if I, I buy something that I know is gonna make me money on a monthly basis, I get real excited and I wanna spend 50% of it just because yeah. I need to reward myself, but. Super easy
1: to do, but I just, I've always looked at it like, I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life. So I try to get in a mode in my mind that, listen, if I'm gonna be doing this forever, why am I in a rush? Mm -hmm. And it, it works very well for me. Uh, all my businesses, they operate on a, there's no debt. I mean literally no debt because we've been disciplined that when we build something, it's for the purpose of creating more income. Mm -hmm. Always. Um, I, I, it always surprises me when somebody goes into business and the, you know, two months after they're in business, they get one job or they sell one property and they, you see them driving a you know, $100,000 truck. And I'm thinking, that is not a long-term, you know, you just, nothing, you know, markets turn, thing, you know, things go wrong. How are you prepared for that? Mm-hmm. And that's why I just see people come and go very quickly because of that mentality. Whereas I think if you're in it for the long haul, it's just like, okay, this is starting to set up. It's bringing money. We just keep building the bank. So that way our bank could literally finance everything. If it's good, it's bad, but we're always a year or in some cases, two to three years ahead Mm -hmm. with, we could be, we could literally shut our doors for three to five years and not have to lay anybody off.
0: We could we could continue and wait for the good projects. Yeah, which is uh, probably proven it's worth in the recent recent times oh, with yeah. COVID, where uh, two weeks to slow the spread turned into two years to slow the spread. Where I mean, in, in New Mexico wasn't the the most uh, conservative or like I would say took the Florida strategy on things where they open things up. A lot of businesses down. shut down and yeah. didn't have that opportunity, and it, it's definitely something. I'm sure you're blessed with, but also uh, something I, I think is important, especially I mean, as, as Christian entrepreneurs is a lot of people kind of have the the thought or the mentality of oh, well, God's on my team, so God's going to just take everything, take care of everything, and I can pretty much do whatever I want because God's taking care of me. I I tend to think that's not the smartest thing because I, I think God gave you a brain also, and that, something yeah. Thomas Jefferson said is uh, we're going to trust in God, but keep our, our powder dry. Something to that effect. I'm sure that's not the actual quote, but it's... Uh, I, I
1: subscribe to that completely. I mean, I, I think it's a a shame when people just think, oh, I'm a Christian, so everything's going to go good. God gave you a brain. You know, use it. Mm-hmm. Be disciplined. You know, be, be responsible with the, the blessings he gives you to where he would want to give you more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I... Uh, that's pretty much riddled throughout all of proverbs, and I—that's something I, I like to do every day—is is read a proverb, and I—I've I, learned a lot from that. But um, okay, so I guess my my next question is going to kind of go away from the the real estate investing side, and I guess kind of closer to the personal self disciplines, because I know from my whole life, I you, you've worked very hard and have, have instilled a lot of self discipline into me and into my brothers and my sister and. Kind of everybody around you, uh, you kind of don't necessarily teach in a way that is, hey, do this, do this. But you just show what you do and people kind of end up following suit. Uh, so what, what are kind of some personal disciplines that you, you put in place to get you to where you are today? Uh, you know, having played sports as,
1: as young, you learn real quick, you know, the person who works the hardest usually wins. So working hard was never hard for me. Um, I always had this theory that I would kind of go as to what I scheduled as opposed to what I felt like at the moment. So I try to get up early. I try to get things, something done right away. I'm trying to just set a precedence in my mind that things are done. That could be unloading a dishwasher. It could be whatever, whatever. I just want to accomplish something right away in the Mm -hmm. day. Um, I like to exercise. So I get up, I do exercise. I, I have a, I, I become very routine, you know. I, I. It's easy for me to follow a pattern, mm-hmm. so, I mean, you probably have seen this over and over. I do the same things over and over, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever I need to do, I'm not. I don't vary from that because it, it's to reach a goal. That's my, mm-hmm. ultimately, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I'm going to be very disciplined, and I, I try not to cut corners. Uh, One of the things that always just stuck with me, people, well, that, you know, that plan didn't work or this doesn't work. They always tell me why something doesn't work, but then you watch them and they don't actually follow the plan a hundred percent all the way, Mm -hmm. or they cut it short or I'm on a diet. And, you know, I've I've done this for, you know, two weeks now and I'm not skinny. Maybe try two years, you know, put long-term plans in place that you can live with. And that's what I try to do Mm -hmm. regularly does it all is it always working no that's not that's not the case but what i you know generally just find things that i can live with and you know exercise reading um family time Uh, discipline i think is just inherent in any success yeah i
0: i think that's important and into that what's uh kind of to close things off, what's your, your favorite book? What what book do you think you've learned the most of or that you find yourself kind of relying on or just thinking about or comes to mind, whatever? What mean, the obvious answer to that for me is the Bible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, you know, and I just, you talk about Proverbs and just, you know, every time I read, I've read through the Bible now several times and a lot of times I don't even understand what I'm reading completely, but just the, the life I mean, it's a living word for sure. But as far as, you know, books that have helped me just success wise, you know, the the one that comes to mind right away is how to win friends and influence people. Some people will say, oh, that's, you know, manipulating and stuff. What it taught me was how to work with people and do it for their best interest and be able to actually communicate ideas and get things going without there being so much uh, um, resistance. You know, my intent has always been to help people. You know, I want, liked, I want things to work and people to come back and be happy about it. Uh, that book just, you know, and I'm, I look now and it, it, everything that's coming, it's all Proverbs. You know, it's from the Bible, but it, it put into simple terms like, oh, okay, you can, you can really build coalitions and you can get people on your team If you just do it for their purpose, you know, Mm. so that helped me a lot. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, is another one. Um, Those two really probably are my my favorite books. But I've literally read hundreds, and Mm. I continue to read them. And yeah, I pick little pieces. They're really just recirculating. You 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 know, it's a lot of the same information because success principles aren't changing. Yeah, it's not changing. It's the same thing. You know, when I started business, when the people before, I mean, I had a lot of mentors that I would look up to. um, They were reading the same kind of books. It's not it's not a secret. Mm -hmm. Success is not a secret. It's not anybody can have it. it. Literally, I mean, if you're willing to put the work in, you could be. Tall, short, fat, skinny, uh, brown, white, red. It doesn't matter what, success is success. I mean, you can look everywhere. You see
0: examples all over the
1: place. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I I really appreciate you sitting down with me for a bit. Hopefully we kept this pretty snappy and a, a little bit quicker of a podcast, not a, a two and a half hour podcast that nobody's actually going to listen to. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you sitting down with me and I always enjoy having, we, we don't really have the opportunity to have long form conversations where you can just sit. So I, I really appreciate that. And I know anybody watching will, will appreciate your information because you really have shown just a consistency of success and, uh, being, uh, consistency is I think the, the number one thing I, I I've learned from you is consistency is key in all things, and True. not not going crazy. And I, that's something I, I I like to do is really just go crazy on something for about two weeks, and then I I get worked out of it. And so I, I was just
1: say this. I know we're ending, but that's common. I mean, you're young and you have energy, and it's actually exciting to watch. But you know, as the, as the elder people told me, put together a long term plan because you're going to be around for a long time. Yeah, and uh, just you're the same way. I mean, the energy is incredible. I love, I mean, the ideas you have blow me away. Um, I, it's really fun for me to watch and you hear me a lot. Just saying, just just take it easy. Like you you don't keep working and you're going to see success. Yeah. You have a good plan. So,
0: well, I, I, again, I said, I, I appreciate you coming out and yeah, that's it. Thanks for watching. Thank you.